the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio on the Saturday, August 19th, 2023. Welcome to the show, my friends. We've got a packed one, so let me tell you real quick who's uh, on our show so we can go ahead and go to our guests. First of all, we've got Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Then we've got Laredo Republican activist Mr. Jose Salazar. We've got uh, former Texas State Representative Kyle Biederman. And finally, my very good friend, Congressman Chip Roy. Folks, we've got a packed show for you today. They have a lot to say, my friends, regarding the border, regarding illegal immigration and what is happening. So, folks, thank you for tuning in. Welcome to the show. Call your friends. Tell them to join us. And by all means, my friends, support us. Let's go to our first guest. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got... uh, our good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman, from the Center for Immigration Studies. And uh, as usual, he's done two... uh, Well, he did an interview on Fox News that I really want to uh, follow up on, uh, as well as an article regarding uh, the environmentalists just freaking out over the voids that are the barriers that are in the... um, uh, on the Rio Grande. Doesn't seem to me that that they care much about all the trash that's being left on the banks... Uh, or the uh, dumping by this of sewage by the uh, Mexican cities, but they are worried about mussels now, uh, some little animals in the uh, in the Rio Grande. So, Todd, thank you as usual for for being with us. Welcome. Sure to the thing. Show. Um, yeah, good to be here. Let's talk. Let's first of all start talking about this um, this uh, uh, anxiety attack that uh, the. Um, uh, the left and the liberals are having over uh, the action taken by the um, uh, Texas governor with these barriers being put up. I mean, they just seem to be absolutely. Uh, Joaquin Castro went down to the, uh, the the congressman from San Antonio went down to the to the border, and it was almost like a replay of uh, of Ocasio Cortez crying at the uh, children's at the fence over the children that were being detained during the Trump administration. Uh, he went over there and just freaked out at the banks of the uh, river, calling it inhumane and tragic. That uh, uh, yeah, borders that. Uh, give us your thought on that. Uh, your your thoughts on that versus you know what uh, they they don't say very much about the cartels. Sure. Well, Greg Abbott installed the first thousand feet of a marine barrier, a floating marine barrier. It's it's uh, not a lot, but they were planning to extend it. It's got a netting that hangs down and um, anchors to the floor of the river, bottom of the river. Uh, not much impact there, but what the problem is with the marine barrier um, from the perspective of uh, pro-illegal immigrant uh, immigration advocate is that it's it works. Nobody can get past that thing. <laughs> That's the problem with it. And when you have a, a solution that is that impactful, that effective, uh, they they start World War III over it. And by that, I mean uh, pro- propaganda campaign, litigation, uh, political work to build opposition to it and to keep the pressure on to just get rid of it. Just end it. Get it out of there is the, the goal. 
And so all of those things are happening. But then on top, you know, the Biden administration is suing. There's a kayaking company that's suing. Uh, and then the latest thing was the Biden administration, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, uh, proposed extending the Endangered Species Act protections in the Eagle Pass area for a population of threatened mussels called the Mexican Farnsfoot. Uh, lives in that area, uh, but it has been uh, sort of on the radar for 30 years and nobody had done anything about it. You know, no administration, Democrat or Republican, since 1991 has cared enough to, to actually move on it until July 24th when the Biden administration said, hey, we can't have any structures in the river. They have to go through approval. This big, long, complicated bureaucracy where we get to say, uh, to put up a barrier there. And um, as I point out in the in the piece and in another piece in the New York Post, the thing is really effective everywhere it's been used. Uh, the island of Singapore has these things all the way around it to stop a mass migration crisis that was going on there in the mid-2015, uh, 2010s. Uh, worked brilliantly, pretty much ended the whole thing. Nobody could get past it. Nobody could swim under it or over it or boat past it or anything like that. That's really what the problem is here. Uh, and then, you know, there's some irony, uh, and I think I make a point of saying, I hope they don't dump this rich irony into the water because that would just kill every muscle around, uh, that environmental organizations have been completely absent from the ca catastrophic environmental impacts, negative uh, by, by the mass migration crisis of uh, just millions of immigrants just pouring tons of garbage right into the river. Uh, mussels die from dirty water, not from floating buoys on top of it or boats or anything. They die from dirty water. And this mass migration crisis has dirtied that water so terribly uh, that it's just disgusting open sewer in a lot of places, especially down there. Yes, I remember. And where are they? Yeah, I, I remember several times that um, the that uh, Mexican cities and Mexico, the national government itself, has ignored uh, any type of uh, of EPA and um, environmental uh, treaties that have been put in place. Um, you know, granting that um, that the U.S. pollutes, but they continue their merry way on that, and now they're screaming about this. Uh, do you think that um, there will be any traction regarding these? Uh, I mean, well, I worry about this uh, administration that's so green uh, with uh, their approach on on uh, these arguments regarding environmentalism. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, well, you know, that's the that's the the terrible irony here. The rich irony here is that, you know, uh, if you go down to the Rio Grande, especially, um, you know, further south, the, the this regulation proposes 180 miles of river protection. In other words, you can't put up a barrier, a water marine barrier, anywhere from Eagle Pass south uh, to protect this muscle. Um but if you go down south on that river, you'll see the river in places completely covered over and clogged and choked by water hyacinth plants that are an invasive species from Brazil. Those plants grow like that because <clears throat> they're fired up by uh, nutrients that are, that are poured into the river by these migrant camps. You'll have these encampments on the Mexican side, thousands and thousands dumping their garbage and go, their, their human waste into the river right there. And it can't be any coincidence that downstream from these camps for thousands of yards, you have water hyacinths covering over the entire river bottom. No light, no oxygen, sucking everything out of there. Nothing can live under that, under that mat. Uh, where are the environmentalists about the water hyacinths that are clogging the river for thousands of yards? 
uh, right south of uh, downstream from these big migrant camps. That is an environmental catastrophe for that river. If there are any mussels living in that in those areas, they're dead. There's nothing that can live down there on that bottom. Uh, where are they all? Um, I'll tell you where they are. Organizations uh, like the Sierra Club uh, are public, out public, with statements, with papers, talking about how they are in favor of uh, open borders, that they are opposed to anything that would impede uh, mass migration. Uh, their, their, their leaders speak out about it. They're fully on board with this mass migration crisis, and they don't care that it, uh, it, that it inflicts pain and damage on the environment, on riparian habitat. They don't care. Uh, they're going with that. Uh, so I th- I'd say they have an internal conflict to somehow resolve these <laughs> organizations. Least. At least. Well, the other thing is that uh, apparently two bodies were found in the river after the voids were were installed, after those barriers were installed in the river. And uh, immediately the assumption was, I mean, there was no proof whatsoever. There hasn't been any proof. Uh, They might have been killed. It was disproved. It was disproved, actually. Ah, well, tell us about that. Well, that the yeah, so a body was found uh, up against the barrier a week or two ago as of this recording. Uh, And it was immediately blamed on the water barrier. Oh, they couldn't wait to blame this, the water barrier on a, on a migrant death. Mexico's foreign ministry put out statements, uh, liberal organizations all over migrant advocacy organizations all over the U S put out statements. Joaquin Castro came out with, Oh my God, this thing killed is killing people. Uh, but all of that is completely false. Uh, those people died upstream and floated down. One of them didn't even float down. It was three miles, found up, up three miles upstream, but it was still attributed to the water barrier. Oh. Uh, and this is all part of, you know, one of the three prongs of the war that's been started against the water barrier, uh, which is the propaganda campaign. Uh, that propaganda campaign does not care that invest investigation found that those uh, migrants tragically drowned elsewhere. They are still to this day blaming that water barrier. Furthermore, they're saying that the water barrier is laced with with uh, razors. Uh, oh my gosh! Right, and that it's just slicing up immigrants, and you can find that everywhere. That you know, Abbott's uh, razor-laced um, water barrier, you know, mur- murderous, uh, bloody water barrier, oh uh, chewing up immigrants, and all, it's all over the internet. You can find it all over Twitter. They they talk about it as though it's it's uh, you know g- you know built to kill immigrants, right? Uh, that's all part of the propaganda campaign. You can expect a whole lot more of that. And again, I just get back to the, 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 the cause of, of the, all this consternation and litigation and everything else, which is simply that water barriers are incredibly impactful. If Abbott can get, that, get um, miles of this down on the, on the river, he can end this mass migration by himself. They have got to kill this thing off if they want to keep the migration coming and the money. Because remember... The more immigrants cross that river, the more money they make. This is all a money game for the non-governmental organizations. So true. It is. It's the poverty industry just working overtime. Incredible. Incredible. Um, one, one last uh, question that I've got for you. Uh, perhaps you've seen it. Uh, once again, we went down to the, um, to the migrant center here with a film crew. And again, I found, and it breaks my heart, I found some folks that uh, were having a difficult time getting to their destination because they brought a dog with them. Uh, I hear that they are dumping dogs at the uh, at the river's edge. Have you seen that? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's That's been a story for the last couple of years. Uh, you know, families bring all their, everything they can carry and 
you know, what are they going to do with their dog at, at, at home, right? So they bring the dog with them and hope that the Americans will help them figure it out. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, Border Patrol doesn't have anywhere to put dogs. So the families, when they get processed into the country, uh, have to kind of leave them down there. And wow. there's this whole uh, shelter rescue operation that's been going on um, where animal groups are down there trying to rescue the dogs and get, get them adopted out and that sort of thing. And, you know, the dogs are blameless. I, I would urge people to adopt a dog from yeah. there if they can. It, it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing to me again that uh, PETA doesn't, you know, say something about something uh, th- this this kind of stuff. And, you know, encourages people don't bring them or adopt them out or something. I mean, it's amazing to me. There's another in, internal conflict where these organizations, being on the far left, on the Democratic left, you know, have to you know compromise their core principles and core values their core purpose for being yeah. just to maintain their position and acceptance over there on, on that side of the spectrum. It, it shows that their the agenda is much more important. The politics is it much is, more and important. It is, and it's embarrassing. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm embarrassed for them, I guess, you know, Fardo, as they say. Yeah. Uh, it's just so obvious. Yep. My man, thank you very, very much for taking time as usual to talk to us uh, and tell the folks where they can follow you. And uh, we got to get you back on as usual. Yep, you can um, follow me at Twitter, uh, Ben Spintot, or I think it's called X now. I, I can't figure it out, but then yes, there's um, X. Yes. Yeah, uh, Ben Spintot there, and I'm at uh, Todd Benzman at Getter, and uh, you can find me on True Social. You can read all my stuff at toddbenzman.com, and my book is Overrun. It's the only book about this border crisis. It's a, uh, a complete compendium of how they did this, why they did it, what it looks like for the first two years and where we're going, how to get out of it too. Incredible. Overrun. Incredible. Oh, the Overrun book just came out on audio this week, so you can get an audio version of it now. Excellent. Excellent. Well, my man, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. We've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Keep doing the work and keep us informed, my buddy. Will do. Thank you. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Jose Salazar from Laredo, uh, good activist Republican down in that area. And uh, I wanted to get him on to get an update. Last week we chatted with Irene, uh, uh, Irene Armendariz uh, Jackson in El Paso. Now I wanted to chat with him uh, down here in Laredo, which is a good 200 miles, maybe no longer farther than that, maybe 400 miles from El Paso, down the river and find out what is going on with the politics as well as with the border there. Jose, thank you for taking time to be with us. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much for having me, George. Uh, tell us, give us an update. What, First of all, what is happening uh, with the border? And then tell us what's happening with the local politics. Well, George, uh, we're, one of the things that has occurred recently, and uh, I'm talking about May, there have been some uh, skirmishes and clashes with uh, the, the government and uh, armed assailants and, and cartel members. Uh, it seems to stem from, uh, uh, as of uh, uh, in, in Nuevo Laredo, uh, Mexico, right across the border from here from Laredo, uh, it's at, on May 18th, um, there was a clash with some assailants. Uh, there was a, 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 some near a shopping center in uh, Los Encinos neighborhood. Uh, they, they had, there were armed, some armed individuals who took some uh, private citizens' vehicles or exchanged gunfire with uh, with uh, Mexican uh, officials, and uh, I think no, nobody got injured on that on that occasion. On uh, May thirtieth, again, there was a, there seemed to be this thing that that there was conflict between the the Mexican government and cartel members. In this case, uh, police officers managed to kill ten. 10 assailants and uh, in the Monterrey uh, Laredo Highway 
and uh, uh, they, the authorities in that one, they took uh, some 12 large caliber weapons, uh, grenades, uh, hundreds of pieces of ammunition, as well as three armored trucks. Then again, George, in uh, this is in July 27, uh, this is a, a gang confrontation between drug, drug cartels and Mexican, the Mexican military, again, south of the border of Laredo, and uh, uh, it seems to have coincided with the uh, with a drug trafficker uh, being uh, uh, pleading guilty. And uh, again, you know, we we had some uh, uh, again some violence and exchange between the, the 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 cartels and the Mexican police. It seems to have cooled down since then, but you know, these these clashes still keep going, still continue to, to happen. And and you know, we still see in, in the newspaper uh, uh, where there there are are people who are, are harbored here illegally. Uh, we continue to have illegal immigration, and now that the buoys are are, are, are uh, the the obstacles that are put in the in the river, uh, now, now we're getting complaints about that from the Democratic Party. <laughs> Which then yes. leads to the second question then. Uh, I know that there's a very, very active and loud vocal uh, leftist uh, Democrat uh, faction in uh, in Laredo, how are, uh, you know how are the politics there with regards to the buoys and and other efforts to uh, control the border? Well, I believe that they, again they are suing. Uh, I know one of the the local attorneys with No Border Wall Coalition. I think his name is Carlos Flores. Is uh, uh, again suing uh, uh, Governor Abbott uh, for those uh, uh, obstacles that they have placed. And uh, the, the, I, it's it's like. And I read recently that I think it was Silvia Garcia, I think it's her name, a Democrat says that there's saw blades that they have in between. And I, and I'm thinking to myself, this person just watching too many, watches too many Austin Powers movies. It's like they're not released the saw blades. It, it, it's ridiculous, George. They, they, but you know what? You know what is, is, is amazing, George? That uh, we're getting all this. They're, they're still fighting any effort to stop illegal immigration, despite the fact that you know they're admitting themselves that immigrants are are uh, are are at risk of dying uh, when they try to 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 cross over, uh, in including Laredo ones who want open borders. However, in, in the face of, of overdose deaths in, in Laredo, uh, breaking records right now, uh, we are. We it, with uh, uh, with old, with still a, a, a lot of time to go. I mean, we're just what uh, eight months into the year. We've already surpassed the number of overdose deaths that we had in 2022. Uh, we, we have uh, uh, we're on a pace, in fact, to reach uh, 82 deaths. Even and 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 that that'll surpass the 41 deaths that that we had in in. In uh, I think it, it was last year, forty-two deaths last year were rep- represented the, the the spike in the, in the previous four years uh, and and featured forty-six combined deaths. Uh, right now, you know, right now we we're on pace to hit eighty-two overdose deaths. And you're thinking this is a time that you would want to shut the border, make sure that that you don't have illegal crossings. And, and and drugs coming over, yet they're they're not they're not they don't seem to care. That's amazing. Do they have any any idea of uh, or proposal of how to control this uh, the the illegal the the flow of illegal aliens as well as the fentanyl? Do they have any idea any proposal? They, they, what they're doing is they're addressing. Um, they're trying to cure the symptom. But not the illness. I know that we're, and it's good. It's good that we're that we're opening uh, more facilities, and they're preparing to open the order for, for Laredo's opening the order its first detox clinic um, pretty soon, and they're addressing the, the overdose deaths, and, and and we have billboards saying, you know, do not take fentanyl, and but again, we're just that's taking care of the symptom. It's not taking care of the illness, which is the, the fact that. We're allowing all, all this, you know, Democrats are still fighting, uh, uh, closing the border and stopping illegal crossings and and, and, and uh, drug trafficking, which you also we know from the Sound of Freedom movie, we already should know that the, the, that human trafficking is a, also a huge problem, but there seems to be no 
uh, no empathy for the people who are actually crossing and the people here on the border who are actually consuming anything that comes across illegally. Wow. And, and, and I think that, but that's, that's a, uh, also, if you see the same type of a lack of, of, of empathy with the way the Democrats have have reacted to the president himself has reacted to the people in Hawaii. He yes. doesn't seem to be as motivated to help the people in Hawaii as if, as if let's say, something happened to Ukrainian people. Correct. That would motivate him more to act than what is happening here at home. Yep, no kidding. Jose, thank and, you very, very much. We're going to let you go, but man, uh, yes, sir. it is fantastic to get you on and and hear uh, and hear the perspective of what's happening on the border. Hear the hear the news of what's happening on the border because, I mean, people people north of us just don't just don't understand that uh, that we Americans of his of Mexican descent really really care about what's going on. They think that we're just going to go along with the flow with the Democrats just because of the color of our skin. <laughs> Definitely not. Thank, thank you so much, George, for giving me the opportunity and letting people know that we are trying our, our, our best here on our end. There's a lot of people who will privately admit that it's an issue, but when it comes to when it comes down to politics, they will follow the narrative. <laughs> How sad. How sad. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with our good friend uh, Jose Salazar from uh, Laredo. Jose, you stay safe, stay cool, if it's possible. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. You too, George. You take care. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, 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 once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And uh, we've got our good friend, uh, former state representative Kyle Biederman. Uh, he is uh, now uh, working still closely with the folks in Austin, following them. And uh, I wanted to get him on because uh, we have uh, been following this issue with the impeachment of uh, the Attorney General, the State Attorney General, Ken Paxton. Uh, the Attorney General has been on our show several times. We, uh, in full disclosure, we uh, have, uh, I have uh, very much admired and applauded his efforts with um, fighting the Biden administration on various things, particularly the issue of immigration. And um, this uh, impeachment issue that's going on in a Republican-held state legislature uh, has been uh, very, very interesting to follow. Uh, Kyle, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Well, thank you, George. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. And uh, you're right. This is a very, very important issue, uh, not only for the state of Texas, but uh, for the country, for uh, a lot of the um, lawsuits and things that um, our our attorney general has filed with other states um, concerning the Biden administration. So it's not just Texas it affects. This is uh, this affects the United States. The uh, politics of this uh, impeachment. Uh, it's brought a lot of uh, emotions to the top uh, uh, among Republican grassroots folks uh, here in here in the state. Uh, what's what's your take on this? Is this something that's just a family squabble, or is this something uh, a little bit deeper that uh, could affect the party uh, statewide? Well, I mean that's I mean that is actually a great question. But a question that has been surfaced or surfacing uh, for um, a number of years, <clears throat> whether it's Paxton, <clears throat> excuse me, Paxton or Democrat chairs or just the House, Texas House of Representatives moving more to the left. Um, all those things have caused this family squabble. Um, in um, in the Republican Party, uh, you know, leadership in the Republican Party. Um, once you got Alan West as our chairman, uh, boy, did he rock the boat, but he spoke for the grassroots. So the the and the same with uh, uh, Rinaldi. 
Um, but the thing is, it's really um, a family squabble of the grassroots versus the uh, elite uh, in Austin, uh, the GOP elite in Austin. That's where this family squabble is. And Ken Paxton just got caught in the middle of it. <clears throat> and so uh, that's a great question, but it's been going on for a while. But this, I believe, is going to really cement um, sides. And it'll make, uh, this is going to be something that this next election, uh, state let, you know, the state election, um, is going to hinge a lot on what side you took um, when you voted, uh, either to impeach or not to impeach um, uh, Attorney General Paxton. I mean, it, it just seems like like there is a, uh, a faction which uh, just uh, seems to want to play with these radical Democrats that just don't seem to... Um, want to play ball <laughs> well you know I mean that's a great point and th- that's one of the things I've been saying for uh, ever since I got elected uh, and I started seeing uh, the true how it how the um, legislature truly operates versus being on the outside thinking oh we've got a conservative state here and a conservative legislature but you're right when these Democrats um, switched over uh, to become Republicans in masses I mean they were conservative Democrats. They were never conservative Republicans. Okay? So they became Republicans, but they were moderate Republicans, which is kind of like a conservative Democrat. Uh, But they, all their friends and their connections and the special interest groups and the agencies and all the other state, if you call it, um, all had, that didn't change. Because they were not elected. So People change to uh, these Democrats change to Republican, and that helped them get elected. But the the infrastructure in the deep state has not changed, and so you're exactly right and right, and and it, we're seeing the fruits of that right now. The the uh, you know the the thing that concerns me more than anything else is uh, the uh, the agenda that the state will follow or the or the pattern that the state will follow uh you know we're seeing in california some ridiculous some ridiculous situations or or legislation uh the same thing with uh in new york and in other places i mean in illinois they are uh they the the governor and the state state legislature want to hire illegal aliens to be police officers they've they've just reached the point um, my fear is that we um, we're going to be drifting in that direction. Uh, your thoughts? Well, what happens is our Texas House is needs to please the Democrats. That's how our Speaker stays in power, and that's how the majority of these Republicans um, that vote with the Democrats. That, that's the whole reason that Paxton actually got impeached. Is because the Democrats basically control the House, and so it was just like uh, the impeachment of, of of President Trump. There were, you know, you had one or two Republicans, maybe, but they didn't need any Republicans. They had enough votes, and they were going to impeach him no matter what. Well, the Texas House, they have the they have the votes not because there's a Democrat majority, but because you've got every Democrat going to vote there and you've got so many Republicans that are going to follow the speaker that you know what the vote's going to be. There was never a question on that vote. Just like there's never a question on the vote for speaker because all the Democrats side with the you know leadership of the Republicans and then the rest of the Republicans are so afraid to step out of line that they end up voting with the Democrats and with leadership on any of those important issues. And so that's what happens. It's very much, very similar to what happened in D.C. Um, It's just that we have Republicans joining in with the Democrats. uh, And uh, the Democrats get their chairmanships. Democrats, um, you know, they get get to pass so many bills or they get to um, have bills passed that should never be passed, but the Republicans side with them, and yeah. it's uh, sad. Now, in, in in spite of that, 
there are some uh, there are some bills that did get passed that are just freaking the, the, the Democrats out here in San Antonio. What they call the Death Star. The, <laughs> yes, they are just. I mean, them. The uh, uh, the city of Houston has filed a, a lawsuit uh, in uh, in federal court or in state court rather. Uh, Dallas is also freaking out. Um, in spite of that, we we still got some conservative uh, uh, legislation through. Uh, do you think that uh, that's uh, you know that we're going to get the good and the bad still? Well, what happened this session was we we got social conservative um, legislation passed because um, we had a few strong legislators last session. <clears throat> myself. Um, Slayton, uh, Tinderholt, um, and also, um, oh, golly, my desk man, I can't remember his name right now, from uh, up in, um, in uh, Tarrant County. They, we forced the issue on gender modification on almost every bill. We'd add amendments, and we just kept sticking it in the face of the Republicans. Well, then this year, they finally, after, again, the convention, um, put it as one of the priorities, Republican Convention. So they were forced to do some of those things. So we got a lot of social um, conservative things done, but nothing on the border. You know, the border hasn't really changed. And we didn't do anything on a number of other issues that are so important to Texas. The property tax bill is okay, but it's just temporary. We didn't get school choice. We didn't get a number of things that are that are high priorities for Republicans in Texas. So they do just enough to say, hey, we had a great session on the social things, which is the easy stuff to pass because no Republicans going to vote against those social issues. But they'll vote against school choice. They'll vote against, you know, border security. They'll or do whatever it takes to kill those kind of bills. So, you know, for this to be a very successful session. Sure it was, but it was pretty much easy stuff. The hard <laughs> stuff, of course, didn't pass. Yep. That's true. That's true. You know? And yeah. that's how it works. Well, you know, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this, um, this legislative, this, uh, special, the, session. special session goes. Um, yes. On school, on it, school choice. That's yes. Correct. It'll be very, very, what, what are your thoughts before we let you go? Okay. Um, well, my thoughts on the school choice is um, it's all about the Republicans. It's it's all about the Republicans. It has nothing to do with the Democrats. And if the Republicans can't pass school choice because of these rural Republicans who are so moderate and, uh, again, want to join in with the Democrats, uh, we're not going to get it. Or we'll get such a watered-down bill. We couldn't even pass school choice for um, disadvantaged, handicapped children, you know, three sessions ago. That was it. Limited to just those people, low-income, you know, uh, disadvantaged kids. So you think we're going to get something for the state of Texas? <laughs> you know, for all kids? Of course not. I mean, there is no way. It'll be such a watered-down, pretty worthless bill if it passes. But then again, the Republicans say, look, we passed school choice. We are so good and so conservative. Reelect us because we did such a great job. <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, that's what it's, they're doing the same thing with property tax. Yes. You know, I mean, probably, I mean, sure, that's a good start, but you're not going to save any money really as soon as your appraisals go up. And what yeah, about but, the people that are renting? What about the people with, with, um, you know, uh, commercial property, businesses, you know, investment property, you're going to get killed. Yep. Totally killed. That's that's true. Um, that's true. I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing it on my, on my property, school, that's for sure. <laughs> right. And then the schools want more money. In fact, there was an article this morning about Republicans saying, hey, we got to give more money to the schools. But they're failing. Oh, and they're losing and they're losing population. Look at San Antonio. Yes. They have schools that they have to close, which great. Turn them into a charter school. Because right. we need we need a whole lot of schools for charters, you know. There's just so much. But getting back to the Death Star bill, real quickly, I mean, <laughs> that is again the media made up that name just like they did a bathroom bill Correct. years ago, 
It has nothing to do with Death Star. It has nothing to do with bathrooms. It had to do with protecting women, okay? And then this just has to do with making things more even and understandable for what the city can and can't do. You know, I mean, it's it's, uh, but that's how these liberal cities operate. Well, and the media helps them along, helps them along too. Of course, yeah. they've got they've got a total voice, just like in DC. Yep. But on the, last thing on the Paxton thing, hey, these issues have been around for many, many, many years. Two elections, at least, for Paxton, and he won two elections with people knowing all this stuff. It's for the courts. It is not supposed to be political by the, the Texas House. And I just um, I just hope that the Senate um, does the right thing and shows that, hey, the people voted. This needs to go to the courts. It shouldn't be political. You got it, buddy. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Kyle Biederman, former state uh, representative for, for the state of Texas. Kyle, thank you very much for taking time to be with us and explaining some of the stuff that's going on in Austin. You're very welcome, George. Well, God bless you, and God bless Texas. You got it. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you uh, from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got my, uh, who I consider to be the best congressman uh, in the, uh, in, in, in Washington right now, because he is actually standing on principle, my friends. Uh, we've been talking on this uh, show. Well, I've been talking on on the, these shows for a while about uh, the border, and all of a sudden, now we finally have. Well, not all of a sudden. He's been doing it since uh, he got elected, but uh, he is taking the battle right to the halls of uh, power. Uh, Congressman Chip Roy, my own congressman from uh, San Antonio, and uh, I want to get him on because. He has taken a very powerful stand that has made him very unpopular among the liberals and leftists, but uh, we certainly applaud it. Congressman, thank you for taking time to be with us. Welcome to the show. Great to be on, George. Thanks for all you do. Obviously, you served uh, in the Reagan administration, all you've done to try to promote uh, the border, and uh, happy to be on the show as always. Here, uh, Tell us about your uh, recent uh, proposal to um, use the purse to address the issue of the uh, uh, of the problem at the border because it uh, doesn't seem like um, like there's much uh, will on the part of uh, Mr. Mayorkas or Mr. Biden to address the border. Yeah, well, first of all, let's just talk about the state of the border because there's a lot of confusion about that. You know, I, I left an interview on Fox to Shannon Bream this last Sunday and I walked out and I saw a Democratic colleague who said, uh, well, yeah, I mean, isn't the border fine? I mean, we're hearing all the reports that it's all better now. And, and, and the fact is, though, the, 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 the liberal media, the left-wing media, and, uh, you know, the Democrats in Washington and the Biden administration are putting out propaganda that, that everything's fine. And by the way, to be clear, some of our own Texans are being told that, well, this one app is helping the Border Patrol. Well, Border Patrol will say, yeah, I like the one app. Why? Because they're tired of babysitting at the border and they want to go back to Border Patrol. So if the one app allows there to be a faster process to do what's going to happen anyway, they just want to get back to their mission. But that doesn't mean we're actually doing the job. In fact, we're making it worse. 6,300 apprehensions two days ago. 20,000 in custody. The numbers are pouring in. The fentanyl's pouring in. DPS stopped a MS-13 member who has a uh, a uh, record of, of being a sex offender and you know if DPS isn't down there that guy gets in and this is the truth and so look what we're trying to do what you open with is say enough like we we can't uh, force President Biden to sign the bill that we passed it out of the house that hasn't gone through the Senate but we can say uh, you're, we're not going to give you money to continue to fund a Department of Homeland Security that refuses to secure the homeland is attacking Governor Abbott in Texas, suing Governor Abbott for putting the buoys in the river, um, undermining our way of life, allowing fentanyl to pour in, empowering cartels, perpetuating the sex trafficking trade, including little girls getting held in stash houses 
here in Texas, in Fort Worth, Texas. Look, and everywhere, we just know we have a federal case highlighting the, the, the Fort Worth situation. So I'll, I'll stop filibustering, but I just want to say 15 of us signed a letter of the Republicans in the Texas delegation, 15 of us, and some are traveling, so that may not represent everybody who would want to do it. But uh, there's there's a lot of support in the conference for us to stand tall now and demand change at the border before we give another dollar to the Department of Homeland Security and the Biden administration. So that's what that letter is designed to do. What's fascinating to me, Congressman, is how they are willing to defund the police. And they're doing it. I mean, they're doing it in in in, in great strides in Austin, uh, in the northern part of your district. But uh, they're, the, the liberals and Democrats are willing to defund the police while at the same time allowing all of these dangerous criminals and heaven knows how many have gotten in, including terrorists. And they don't say anything about that. So, George, the hypocrisy is not only astounding, it is now becoming uh, readily apparent to the American people in plain view. Let me give you an example. You just mentioned the defund the police. Slightly different issue than the border. But as you notice that the D.C., Washington, D.C. City Council (laughs) recently had a councilman standing up at the microphone saying, hey, you need to send in the National Guard to protect our streets. I was like, number one, where the hell were you three years ago when there were riots all over the city of uh, of D.C.? Uh, And number two, you, you guys were the ones claiming defund the police, and now you want the National Guard to come in? Well, same thing now with the border. You've got Mayor Eric Adams in New York City. You have the leadership in the state of Massachusetts who are now all reeling because Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis sent these folks uh, to Martha's Vineyard and to D.C. and all up into the Northeast Corridor. Now, And, and not just that, but more people are starting to move throughout the country through the, the NGOs. And so now they've got thousands of these folks, tens of thousands, in New York and in Massachusetts. And they're going, well, wait a minute. Well, this is a problem. Where do they go? Well, who's going to pay for it? And now they want the federal government to pay for it. These are sanctuary cities. So congratulations. Your policy worked. You should be thrilled that you now have all of these folks there in your sanctuary. But, you know, in Texas, we'd like to actually secure the border so our people aren't dying and migrants aren't getting abused so you can feel good about yourself when you go to your little fancy wine shop in Martha's Vineyard and you kick people off the island and uh, and uh, go around <laughs> talking about how nice you are. <laughs> you know, it's really fascinating also how they uh, how they will scream about about demanding more money for all of these folks that are coming in, all of these illegal aliens that are coming into their community, but they won't say anything about shutting the border down. That's fascinating to me, too. Well, it is. And, you know, again, more hypocrisy, just on a slightly different note. I've gotten some intel. I don't know how much of it's been out public yet. I mean, some of it is of a letter uh, or a statement that they are putting out in the administration that they're going to, quote, build another 20 miles of fencing. Now, we haven't exactly, uh, and, and I don't know whether it's the exact same Trump fencing or some variation. We're trying to figure that out. And the, the experts I know, we can't quite figure out what's driving it other than we think it's just a play to be able to demonstrate, oh, see, we're doing some stuff, but they're, but they're required under law to use the 2019 funding to do that. So we think they're basically just going to do a little stretch of fence and then say, look what we're doing. But meanwhile, they were all out there saying, oh, the fence is immoral and everything else. Look, none of this is about an actual fight over a reasonable difference in policy, right? You and I might reasonably disagree on what the tax rate ought to be on a certain class of Americans. Should it be 20% or 25% or flat tax or whatever? That's a reasonable debate. There is nothing reasonable about debating your core responsibility to follow the laws of the United States and have a responsible border. I mean, it's been enlightening to see Robert F. Kennedy Jr., right, the son of Bobby Kennedy, out there. You know, he's been drawing a lot of attention on pharmaceuticals and about vaccine mandates, but he's also talked about the border. Now, he and I probably disagree on most issues. We probably disagree on immigration and how many people should come into our country. But he at least points out you have to have a border in a sovereign nation. And that's what we need is sanity again, George. No kidding. Uh, we had uh, Congressman uh, Joaquin Castro down at the bo- at the border uh, yeah. the other day uh, pontificating uh, and, and not saying anything about um, securing the border. 
Well, no, and in fact, he's attacking Abbott, like the rest of the of the left in the in the state of Texas, attacking Governor Abbott for uh, what what the governor's been doing with the buoys and with DPS and trying to secure the border, lying that the buoys are are what's causing you know people to drown when we've had hundreds of drownings, hundreds of deaths, eight hundred and fifty six migrants died along the Rio Grande in South Texas and in Southern Arizona last summer that we know of. We had the fifty three who were cooked in a tractor trailer right here in San Antonio uh, just last year, about a year ago right now. Uh, This is absolutely uh, a humanitarian crisis for both Americans and migrants, empowering cartels, empowering China, people dying from fentanyl, uh, little girls getting sold in the sex trafficking trade. Um, If you haven't seen The Sound of Freedom, uh, folks, if you're listening to this, go see The Sound of Freedom. Go see what this trade looks like. Go see what it means uh, for us to allow it to be perpetuated. That's so true. Congressman, we'll let you go, but uh, any closing thoughts before we let you go? Um, the, the only thing I think is really important is you're going to hear a lot of wail, uh, you know, wailing and gnashing of teeth. Oh, my God, you're going to shut the government down. You're going to take money away from Border Patrol and TSA and you know all of these things. Guys, the founders gave the House of Representatives specifically the power of the purse, as you opened with, George, our ability to control the use of tax dollars, to be able to force the executive branch to follow the law and follow the will of the people. If we don't use it, I don't know why we exist. House Republicans need to man up, do our job, and I need everybody out there listening, hold the line. Don't be those folks that go, oh, you, you complain about the border and when we have a town hall, but then when it gets a little rough because we're trying to use the tools at our disposal, hold the line because that's what we're going to do, and I'm going to fight this all the way through. I am not going to back down. I might get rolled, but I hope we'll build a force, and, and I'm not going to back down. Amen. Thank you very, very much, Congressman, for uh, carrying the fight to D.C. for us. Once again, we've been speaking with our good friend, Congressman Chip Roy from San Antonio. Thank you very much, and keep up the good work. Thanks, George. God bless. Once again, my friends, thank you for joining us today. Please keep joining us. Please keep supporting our program. If you're interested in supporting El Conservador, go to our website. Go to uh, uh, elconservador.net or go to Facebook. uh, Leave us a message. We will be happy to get back to you and uh, let you know how we can uh, how you can support our program. Uh, once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. I want to thank our guests today, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies, Laredo Republican, Jose Salazar, former Texas State Representative Cal Biederman, and of course, my good friend, Congressman Chip Roy. Thank you for joining us, my friends. Join us again next week. Till next time, stay strong and keep Texas safe. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.